0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Determination, Deliberation, and Dragons. My name is Peter, and this is a really special bonus episode that Izzy and I recorded back in October. We had the incredible opportunity to chat with author Laura Paul. She is the author of a short story called Trooper Trouble, which was featured in The Return of the Jedi anthology from a certain point of view. So if you've been listening, you probably know that we really love Star Wars here. It's such a fun universe. You can also listen to an episode that Andy and I recorded together where we talked about all of the different movies and two of the shows. So this was just such a really cool opportunity to be able to talk with someone who has actually created a Star Wars story. So... Here is our interview with her. I hope that you enjoy. So do you want to introduce yourself
1: um hi everyone i'm laura Pohl. i am the author of the last eight and the Grim rose girls which was a new york times bestseller uh it is a ya fantasy that mixes like a murder mystery with uh, fairy tale retellings and recently one of my short stories came out in the star wars anthology uh from a certain point of view uh, it's called Trooper Trouble, and it's about, I think, the 30th story on on the collection. It's um, It was great to be featured. I love Star Wars. I have loved Star Wars for as long as I can remember, so I cannot actually pinpoint the um, eventing my life when I started Star Wars, when I watched Star Wars for the first time. So this was actually very exciting to participate in, and, and I'm here to talk about all things writing and also Star Wars.
0: We are thrilled to have you. So excited to be talking about Star Wars with an actual Star Wars author. But first, we have our standard intro questions that we ask everyone, our little interrogation. First of all, what is your favorite story? And it can be book, movie, poem, any type of story you want it to be.
1: I, I'm going to go with uh, my regular answer lately, which is Gideon the Ninth by Tamsi Muir. It is one of my favorite books ever written. I can just, uh, I have reread it like five, maybe six times since it came out, and I think it was 2019. Anyway, so uh, it has been lately my go to story. Every time that I want to see some good writing and just have a lot of fun, I just go back to it.
0: Awesome. And our very important question on a on our dragon podcast: How would you train a dragon? And open to interpretation.
1: Um, very badly, I'm sure. Um, I, I would just be like not training it at all. I have a little dachshund mix with Pinscher, and um, I have not trained. She, I have not trained her at all. Like I've just let her do whatever she wants. She barks a lot because that's how dachshunds are. And I just, I just let her run free and do whatever. So if you guys do listen to some barking and edited barking, it is like, you know, the source, I just gave up. So I think, um, yeah, I would not, uh, I would not be a very good dragon trainer. I would just be like, yeah, if you do you, I do me. And then we'll, we'll, we'll solve this as it goes.
0: Wonderful. Giving the dragon some freedom. Ugh. Yeah. And then our last intro. So why, why do you write? What does storytelling mean to you?
1: Um, That is a very tough question and I think I think I don't know what actually not writing looks like uh, because I've been doing it since I was a teenager about 11, 12 and I just started like spinning a lot of stories first about obviously my classmates were the inspirations like my teacher and uh, what our class was like in school. And then it kind of like evolved from there uh, into like mystical worlds in Portal. And then uh, I got, when I was 14, I got very much into Naruto. And I just um, wrote lots of fan fiction about it. And so I kind of like went from there. So I think writing is just a part of uh, what I do, like what I am at this point. So it's not something that has, I don't think writing necessarily has to have any um, like narrant meaning like it doesn't have to be some deep like oh yes I write to change the world or I write uh, to do something with it to make meaningful art sometimes you just write because you want to write you want to have fun you want to um do something for yourself so I think I'm on that stage I'm on that stage of writing right now
0: that's fantastic that is Something that I've always leaned more towards, like I need there to be some meaning. And now that I'm in law school, like whenever I do have time, I'm like fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, no, so that's that's wonderful. Okay, so on to our main questions. so essentially the the short story that we read, it appeared in an anthology celebrating return of the Jedi. Um there's forty different short stories by forty different authors, and we were curious um, I know you said there's limits to what you can say
1: Yay. So. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna say this this podcast has been like uh it has redacted vaguely by Lucasfilm <laughs> because you know it's very uh they have a very tight contract, obviously, and they've got a mm-hmm. lot of like a lot of huge projects going on like um the Star Wars books are just uh there's just a huge line of Star Wars books. So you can always say like, there's at least maybe one or two coming out once a month. So you can always like, they all, they've they always got things cooking. So you can't always say things about what's happening.
0: Absolutely. So within what you're allowed to say, <laughs> I'm super curious what inspired you to write your specific story and like why. So your your story is about, some random stormtrooper in the background who's standing there as all the important people come through he's he's part of the the uh welcoming committee so like why 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 yeah. character?
1: um yeah when we started uh the premise of the anthology is that you have to um you get to write about a different perspective of uh a different characters but it's still in the same movie so a lot of authors uh, like in the latest this is just the third book in this uh, anthology trilogy but for example like uh, Boba Fett features and has stories in all the three books so even though he technically isn't for example in the first book but you see his perspective on like stories that are happening and, and the idea is that you can't write any of the main characters uh, in, in Return of, in any of the Star Wars like original movies because that's not part of the fun. So basically, your, uh, the idea is that you get to go absolutely wild. You can choose and pick anything as long as another author hasn't picked uh, the idea yet. Because obviously, there was like a, at some point, uh, at the point where I, um, I came into the anthology, like a lot of other authors had already had their picks of what they're going to do. So, for example, my original idea was that I wanted to go like I'm a I'm big uh, fan of Anakin and I wanted to do like uh, an Anakin story. But uh, I think Mike Chen already got to it first. So I was like, oh, damn it. Uh, but, you know, did a wonderful job. So I can't really complain. It's a wonderful. It's an incredible story. He did so well with it. So that's the thing I wanted. And we had to come up with also uh Three different pitches for the stories because that way the editors can also see oh someone else actually got to it this week and just so make sure like for example one of my ideas was also about Yoda and other authors were also like had in their pitches stories about Yoda so what I did uh, when I got first like the confirmation for the anthology was that I rewatched watched uh, Return of the Jedi which is my favorite of the original movies uh, I always cry at the end. I am a viewer. I, I cannot. I get to the point where um where Darth Vader takes off his mask, and then I just cry right to the end of it, like all the time. Like I've seen this movie about fifty times. I do this every single time I watched it. And this time, when I was rewatching it, I was searching for different characters that could provide a good story and which I could also work with my writing voice like what am I interested in doing with the story so for example my original idea of like a story about Anna King would be very dramatic because that's who he is Uh, but at the same time like the story I chose uh ended up being very very like it's it's very much a comedy like it's a workplace comedy and and that's what I wanted to focus on so when I was watching it, I was like, oh, God, they just have like the stormtroopers just have on the jester just have the worst job in the world. Like every single time that they appear, uh, they're kind of like standing in line way out the back waiting for Darth Vader to come through. Like they probably don't. I don't know how many hours they actually have to stand there until someone actually arrives. So uh, that was uh, how I got the inspiration. And as I was watching it, I was like, oh, yeah, that is that is like the worst job ever on on the empire and that's how I came up with the fish
2: yeah your story was super fun to read and um, I really like the perspective of just being you know down in the trenches with the stormtrooper who's like not even battle trained at all yeah and is just handed a blaster when the crisis starts happening at the end of the movie plot point and they're all like we don't know how to shoot
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: but that was a fun tie-in with the movie and for the next question I was really interested on like what did you want to like say or highlight with the stormtrooper experience and I know you kind of weave in and out the whole Ugnat situation that they call it yeah. or the union kind of talks that they're having on the down low with the other stormtroopers yeah, and oh, you no know. go on go on oh yeah and I was really interested in the like variety of perspectives that you had between some of the stormtroopers were just very much like not even on the radar of you know social justice or unions and then some of them were like yeah we gotta fight for what's right and you know some of them were more willing for violence to happen and some of them were like no I don't want to be a part of this if we're going to be like shooting people or doing stuff like that and I was really interested what you wanted to kind of flush out there
1: yeah I think I started with uh, this idea like I wanted to be again, I wanted to be a workplace comedy. So we thought it was important that my main character, who is uh, TK423, uh, has... He's not like he's not really perceptive in general. Like, you can see things happening in the background because he notices them, but he doesn't understand what any of them mean. So, like, he's very focused on the task at hand, but he's very also easily distracted and he's just like trying to do his job right, uh, which, uh, is very hard to do because the Empire is making it very, very difficult. And, and I thought my idea, like, my idea, obviously, I think I'm just, um, I'm just one of those people who gets drunk on like a friend's table and five minutes later, I'm just bringing out car marks like immediately. So uh, it was a very much like, oh yeah, i got a, like a workplace comedy, but it's also about like a very bad job. And what's your bad job? Like, uh, I mean, there are like a hundred, a 1, thousand people on a thousand stormtroopers that the, the empire employs. So they have worker benefits. Like, uh, the job just sucks. Like, everyone just sends them down to get shot. They obviously don't have, like, blaster training. They don't have anything at all uh, when it comes to that. Like, Stormtroopers are kind of, like, made to die in the Star Wars universe. So my idea was that I kind of, like, wanted to explore that as well into the story and see and see how I could go from there. Because to some Stormtroopers, it is very, very obvious that uh, they have the worst job in the galaxy, and that they're not paid enough, that everything is just really, really bad, they don't get training, and they are pretty much made as cannon fodder. And yeah, so they want to change that. And I think they deserve it. And one of the ideas as well, um, is that not everyone in your workplace agrees with your tactics. That's very much um, that's very much how the left works. <laughs> no one agrees ever with each other. So I wanted to bring kind of like that experience of work discussion. And when you're trying to organize your workplace into making it better for everyone, but not everyone can agree what makes work better. And at the same time, you are really comrades and friends with the people who work with you in the same situation because uh, it's a job. So everyone's kind of like suffering the same thing and obviously on different degrees, but you're pretty much all in the same boat. In this case, you're pretty much all in the same Death Star that's about to explode.
0: Speaking of the Death Star almost exploding, um, our next question is is more of a sillier one, but Izzy and I have very different contentions about what happened. Um, there's this R2 droid who is antagonistic towards your stormtrooper, um, and at the end, there's an altercation during the battle, and you know the droid is like going after your stormtrooper, and the stormtrooper ends up getting into an escape pod and leaving the Death Star. Izzy kind of felt more that the droid was trying to save the Stormtrooper. And I think the droid was just like, well, the Death Star is blowing up soon anyway. I'm going for this guy now. <laughs> I don't know if you can tell us the truth, but we were curious.
1: Uh, I don't think I am very interested in telling anyone the truth. Uh, because I think I like the different interpretations of it. I wrote R2-Q9 as uh, my interpretation of like the R2's uh, units. Which are all like they're all really bad mouth, uh, horrible little droids. Uh, yeah, you're saying I I have a lot of fun. Like I love R two. Um, I I have like like a deep love for him. And every time you hear him beep in the movies, you're just like, oh, he's swearing so much. Like no one can actually translate what this droid is saying, but you can just hear all the <laughs> into actual beeps because he's probably cursing everyone out for being really stupid. So I felt like uh, having an equivalent version on the Death Star felt very right, which, um, yeah, I think the droids are just, uh, the R2 droid units are just very entitled, and they think they're smarter than everyone. So that's what I will say about it. And then you can decide whether you think he was being a good guy or a bad guy, or he was just uh, in it to
2: have fun. <laughs> I mean, I I do know that I tend to say things with more of a benefit of the doubt kind of thing. I do think R2 was definitely genuinely bullying the main character. I just also think the main character is kind of obtuse.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, no, for sure. He's not. He's very obtuse. He's just a very clueless guy, as you can see. And to like the whole he's just narrating stuff as it's happening and you don't see him actually get involved which is one of the uh, narrative techniques that I really do enjoy. Like, it's usually employed with, uh, you know, Sherlock Holmes, you get a character who's just down writing stuff, or like Watson. And this time, kind of like, it works a little bit like that. You have like, funny little bit character, and stuff is happening around him. And he can tell stuff, but he's also like, very clueless. He's just very concerned about his situation with, uh, there is no calf at the Death Star. And that is the thing. Like that is his thing. That is the main thing that he's concerned about. As long as there is no calf, he does not care about any anything else.
0: Very concerning. Okay, so how how did you become one of the forty writers to to contribute to the book? Like, how does if, that process? If you even can work? answer that, if you can answer,
1: I don't think I can answer that one because I'm not okay. sure. Yeah, like but I don't. I don't think I can actually get into the details of of like how the process works and I actually just I know how my process was but I can't really tell if like how everyone was invited or if they went to uh like if their agents went to the editor and it's very it's like it's a very murky process for all of the authors involved and they don't tell us how the other authors get involved so it's you're you're kind of like in a blackout of information for
0: that one yeah izzy your question was was next
2: oh yeah oh i'm so glad you mentioned that you have written fan fiction because um uh my question is how do you you navigate just writing the story kind of in between all the canon events and you know just the different fanon theories that exist and you know your own ideas that you came up with and as a fan fiction author i'm sure you're very used to that
1: yeah, I think I think it definitely helped uh, having written a lot of fan fiction because I think you start navigating uh, the stuff. The thing, of, the great thing about fan is that you can pick apart the things that you want to work with and the things that you can discard. For this type of work, like with Star Wars, obviously you can't discard a lot of the canon. So for example, for my story, there is usually like the canon events of the movie that you can't actually change for obviously reasons. Like that is the movie that you're writing about. So you have to, like, follow an order. And that was one of the things that uh, the Lucasfilm t- team had to work a lot with me on the process of editing. Like, my first draft was just very much, oh, I'm just going to do whatever I want here. And then we'll see what this looks like later. And what happened is that even uh, Lucasfilm is a little confused about uh, the timeline. <laughs> for Return of the Jedi, they do not have that down, actually, because uh, no one actually has that down. So it is very, very confusing in a way. And, for example, like, my original draft idea was that um, the logs, like, the log entry was specific to day. So, like, day one, day three, day 23 on the, uh, on the Death Star. And what they said, like, one of the edits was, oh, we can't actually have the days specifically like you can't tell because we have to follow a canon timeline and the canon timeline is actually not clear (laughs) so we have to uh pick apart and then uh, the idea was that we changed it into log entries for example so that was one of the edits that we had to do and that was an interesting one because i was kind of like hoping they would also answer my question like how much time is actually passed in return of the jedi because we don't know, like we see Luke coming back onto uh, Dagobah, and then he goes, and you're like, "Oh, how was that? Like, is that a week? Is that an afternoon he spent with Yoda?" So, um, since it is actually very unclear, they also try to not uh, change that into canon because that might get into trouble with them. And for example, I had different um, stormtroopers IDs. Uh, We had I had them with four numbers and they like Lucas said, no, we're keeping the Stormtroopers um, numbers to like two letters and three numbers on the Death Star. So that was interesting as well. Like my my greatest sadness over losing this is that uh, the original 848 uh, character was uh, and. Like 1848 which is uh the date, the year that the Communist Manifesto was published. So <laughs> that was uh, a little tidbit of curiosity, which ended up getting cut since we had to keep only three numbers instead of four.
0: Rats! That would have that would have been so cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. That's it's so just I'm very sad. I tell everyone this because, like, so now they will know. Like, I I thought about this. I wanted to leave that curious tidbit for us. But it's very, but the edits were very interesting in that way as well, that uh, that you can see, like, you can play a, a lot around, like, Star Wars is just a huge playground. I think, um, I think the movies are still very limited and, like, visually still, like, we have the same period of time all the time. Like, we are always compressed and kind of, like, involved with a Skywalker somehow. So, yeah. And that is not as interesting, I think, because everything, like, Star Wars is just a huge universe that you can't expend to. So it was nice getting to, like, oh, yeah, I can just do anything, kind of, like, what the Death Star looks like. Do they have a cafeteria? Like, we don't know anything about this, so I can basically write anything. And then I get the edits back, and they're, like, I'll dial this down, just cut this off, because we don't, like, it doesn't fit here. But it's very interesting. Like, the editing process is a lot heavier. And the first draft is just like, do whatever you want. And then you cut things back later.
0: Interesting. Okay, so we have like nine minutes left. Um, we love to ask published authors. So neither of us are published. We'd both love to become published one day. You know, what well, advice do you have to aspiring authors in general? And also maybe specifically advice for potential Star Wars? Hopefully, yeah. hopefully. Um uh,
1: <laughs> okay, potential star wars. Uh, that's the thing like you have published a lot first and get a portfolio because that's uh, to work with IP and uh, which is intellectual property for the listeners who are not familiar with the term. And as uh, you're basically writing for a company, it's the writing that you're asked to do. And therefore, what they want to do is let you like the company wants to know what kind of like portfolio you have and how wide range it is you're writing. Like, can you write something funny? Can you write more um, romance? Can you write more intense? Like, what does your writing look like? And what are your writing capabilities? And when you have like a wider portfolio, when you have like more published uh, stories, like both short stories or just stories in different genres, your portfolio is a lot more attractive to these kind of companies, because that means that you are a writer who can do very different things from the usual that you write. And I think that's halfway um that's like halfway of the whole story like they want to know if you can write something uh that they're asking you to write specifically and not just oh yeah I'm writing like the idea that I have on my head and I can't work with anybody else because this kind of work with IP it's very collaborative because when we're doing our like when I'm doing my own writing I just uh, do a first draft and then I ask my friends to read it but they're all my ideas they're not and when you're working with IP, they have the company's input and it's very important because uh, they are the client and you're kind of like working with them exactly like you're not, they're not buying your book. They're buying like your work on the book and on the, their idea. So that's what's most important, I think, with working with IP, like you have to make sure that you're a good collaborator and not just um, like you can't, obviously it's good if you're a good writer. But they also want to know, like, can you play with others? Can you do, like, can you take um, editing feedback very well? What else can you do? Like, uh, can you just do this kind of story? Or can you do that as well? Like, are you interested in in something else? So I think if that's the kind of work you're working for, it's very important to have, like, a wide range of different stories or just different ideas and, to make it clear that you can play well with others, which is not a quality that a lot of writers have because we're very lonely creatures.
0: (laughs) Indeed. And then really quickly, so we have like four-ish minutes. What advice do you have just to writer, to aspiring writers in general?
1: Write fiction. Yeah. (laughs) That is my, that is my advice. Uh, That is my solid advice. I think uh, fan fiction makes you a better writer and it doesn't have the pressures of, um, or normal writing. Sometimes when I'm stuck with my own writing. I go back to fiction. I go back to like oh this is something that I love. And I want to do something just for fun. And not because I have to like sell it. Or to have um, to work on it. Because sometimes uh, writing is a job. And sometimes like STK423 knows job sucks. <laughs> like sometimes you're doing a job. And your job is the worst. Even when you like it, so it is very important to kind of like balance it out and try to remember the passion and just uh develop new skills with your job that doesn't always require you to actually, yes, yeah, I have to work this queue right now on this specific project. So, yeah,
0: fair, fair enough, definitely. Fan fiction is so much fun, like, I never used to do it, and I just got into it, and like, I'm doing some amazing. Star Wars, it's a great world,
1: yeah. No, I'm not yeah. convicted, I don't know, like, I'm a, I don't know how the podcasters or the listeners is going to take us, but I am very convicted around Reylo. So I've written a lot of Reylo fan fiction mm-hmm. and I've just enjoyed it a lot. And I know people like hate Star Wars romance, but uh, I had a lot of fun with it. So. <laughs>
0: I mean, Star <laughs> Wars. Star Wars fans have opinions on everything. Oh so. uh,
1: yeah, we do. We're just the most annoying people in the world. I'm just like you're used to it. Everyone is just so annoying, yeah. and we're annoying. Like I can I can easily admit it that I have annoying opinions about Star Wars as well. So
0: yeah, I'm trying to be like I I love most of it. I think there's one movie that I have a net negative opinion of, but I'm like there's still things about it I enjoy. Yeah, but anyway, our last. Kind of silly question, and then I want to ask you, like, what other, you know, quickly, like, social media, whatever. I don't know if you can answer this either. Does this poor man get his calf at the end?
1: <laughs> I hope so. I hope so for him. This is the one I actually do hope for. I know what it's like to be without coffee. Like, I, I've forgotten to buy it sometimes at my house, and it's horrible. It's a horrible world. I do. I do hope he get it. That's- like that—that's the takeaway for him, for I don't—I don't imagine beyond the story, but I just really, really hope he does.
0: <laughs> hopefully, hopefully that that Ewok just wants to give him some coffee. But so, where if people want to read more from you, like where where can they find you on social media? What are your books?
2: Um,
1: they can find me on my website. Uh, Do we say www? Or is that like millennial too much? But only by Laura.com. And I'm only by Laura pretty much on every social media, though I've been offline a lot because the world's constantly on fire and it's not a great place to be in right now. So I'm trying to uh, cut it back, but sometimes I post pictures of my dog on Instagram. So that's nice.
0: (laughs) Wonderful. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Laura.
1: Uh, Thank you for having me. This was really fun.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the episode You can find some exclusive episodes on Patreon. You can also follow us on Instagram and on threads. And I hope that you have an incredible day. And remember, don't let the day drag on. Thank you so much. Law school. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, law school is (laughs) horrible. My best friend's a lawyer
2: and yeah, (laughs) she hates it so much, but it's fine. Yeah.